But it's not a stretch to imagine that this song is describing the love that Jesus offers each one of us. A love that lasts beyond a momentary experience, more than love at first sight, into the Mondays and the Tuesdays and the weeks and months and years of our lives. A love that as she sings enfolds us, a certain kind of lover that will show us the way. A love that is stronger than death. While each of us might use different language to talk about this consistent, committed, steadfast love, whether it is Etta James's warm, relational way, or a meeting of the minds, or a solidarity in shared activities, Jesus offers to encounter us right where we are, and in exactly the way that we need. Easter is not one day. We don't have Easter Sunday and then move on. And the disciples certainly didn't. For the 50 days between the resurrection of Jesus and the Jewish feast of Pentecost, the disciples encountered Jesus in many different ways, not just in the empty tomb or in the upper room, but over 500 encounters according to Scripture. And we're going to explore some of those ways that they encountered Jesus and how we can encounter Jesus during the season of Easter. But we're not there yet. Our gospel picks up on the evening of the first day, that day of resurrection, the day that Jesus rose from the grave, the first day of the Jewish week. Sunday. And the disciples have not yet figured out that they found a Sunday kind of love. They aren't in the street proclaiming that Jesus rose from the dead. Where are they? They're in a locked room, in fear, disbelieving the women, who obviously were not in a locked room, but out early in the morning, at the tomb, trying to prepare Jesus properly for his burial, and they get to see the empty tomb. Then, everything changes, and Jesus appears in their midst, in their hideout. Jesus, who has just crashed the devil's party, and stormed the gates of hell, and caused a mass exodus of all of humanity from the clutches of slavery to sin, that Jesus finds his disciples hiding behind locked doors. Did he berate them? Did he judge them? Did he point a finger at them? No. He said, peace be with you. 
peace be with you. He met them in their fear and their doubt. They left him at the cross. He met them in their fear and their doubt, and he said, peace be with you. Now, let's think about that. Let's get really personal about that. God, I don't know if you exist. Peace be with you. God, I don't know if you can forgive that thing I did. Jesus says, peace be with you. I don't know if you care about me. Jesus says, peace be with you. Do you, do you have a doubt or a fear that you're afraid to voice to God? Is there a part of you hiding in a locked room somewhere, in your mind or in your heart, afraid to look at your doubts head on? That is where Jesus meets with you, right there. And what does he say? What does he say? Peace with you. And this is not a human peace. This is not a temporary peace from a fragile ceasefire. It is not just words we say when we don't know what else to say. Paul says that this peace is a peace that goes beyond human understanding. It isn't an emotion. It isn't a momentary absence of chaos. It is not a vacation on the beach away from it all. It is not an empty inbox. It is absolutely nothing to do with our circumstances. When God says, peace be with you, he is not doing lip service to the disciples' doubts and fears. He is showing up personally so that they don't have to face those doubts and fears alone. Can you imagine that? He shows up in their midst and immediately gets down to business. Here, look at my hands. Look at my side. Look at these scars. Know that it is me. Know that I am marked by my love for you. Know that death does not have the last word. Now that is a Sunday kind of love. But someone is missing. Someone's missing. Thomas. Where is Thomas? He spent three years hanging out with these guys. And women. And he's not there. He has to hear about this meeting with Jesus secondhand. Where was he? Where do you go with your doubts? Maybe Thomas wanted to deal with them on his own. Maybe hanging out with a group of people commiserating about them wasn't his cup of tea. Maybe he was so angry that Jesus died he couldn't bear to talk about it yet. Maybe he was so disappointed that the thought of holding up with a bunch of other people to talk about something that broke his heart would break it even more. Maybe he 
disciples, he also confronts his doubts head on. Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and put my finger in his side, I will not believe. He's waiting for a Sunday kind of love. And he won't take anything less. He doesn't want it based on other people's experiences. He doesn't want a passing emotion or a hope that can be disappointed. He wants a love that's going to meet him exactly where he needs it, in his doubt. A love that will take him into the rest of the week and into the rest of his life. And so we come to the second Sunday after Easter today. And Thomas is back with his friends. Now, hey, we could we could talk about the fact that it was important that they reached out to him and invited him to join them. And that's a whole other sermon. What if the disciples hadn't? Thomas was their first opportunity. Their first chance to witness to the resurrection of Jesus. We have seen the Lord. And Jesus shows up. Peace be with you. And immediately turns to Thomas. Thomas, here you go. Hands side. Do not doubt but believe. Now the words here in Greek, doubt and believe, are actually apistus. And pistis. Basically, they're the, the opposite. And it means more simply than unbelief and belief. There's a sense of commitment that's being invited here. Jesus is inviting Thomas, not with a whole list of doubts or a whole list of beliefs, but simply believe. Become a believer for the first time. Thomas. Be a believer in me, even in your doubt. Even in your doubt. Wait, wasn't was Thomas already a follower of Christ? Yeah. But earlier in the Gospel of John, Thomas had already shown that he was not clear, as many of the disciples were not clear, about what Jesus was up to. In fact, at one point, he got a little snarky. He said, well, Jesus is going up to Jerusalem and is going to die. We might as well just go ahead and die with him. And so Jesus lets him inspect him, gives him what he needs, and Thomas in that moment becomes a witness to the resurrection, my Lord and my God. But Jesus offers this invitation to the rest of the world in that moment. Thomas is given a great gift. He actually physically can touch the Lord. But Jesus invites us to believe even without seeing, even without that benefit, and to believe in the midst of our doubts. Now at St. John's, we say doubts are okay, and doubts are not a of a lack of commitment to Jesus. They're not something that prevents us from following Jesus. Humans live with doubt and uncertainty every single moment. 
Christians can lead us into seasons of transformation, and sometimes they can lead us into seasons of doubt. And that is okay. I had my season of doubt, one of many, I will admit. About 28 years ago, I was doing campus ministry. I was fully involved with my church, planning to go to seminary, looking at a life of serving God and the church. And I woke up one morning, and I went, I don't believe that God exists. It was like a, a switch had been flipped off in my heart and in my mind. And it was terrifying, let me tell you. I wanted to go hide in a locked room. I didn't know what to do. And I certainly, I'm a lot like Thomas. I didn't really want to go to a group of people and say, hey, this is what's going on with me. I went about my daily life until I couldn't handle it anymore. And one night, on a campus shuttle, I finally decided to go to the one person that may be able to help me. God. And I said, I don't believe in you anymore, which is kind of ironic that I'm praying to you. Someone I don't really believe existed. And I did in that moment what you're told never to do, but so many people in history have done. I took my Bible and I opened it up, and I read the first page of the production. Yeah, some of you are, are getting that. And this is what my eyes landed on in that dark campus shuttle. The light coming through the window. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards you will take me into glory. Who have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Now all of those verses from Psalm 73 were perfect right when I needed. Basically, Jesus was like, put your hands, your fingers in my wounds. It was like he was right there. But it was that first line that was so important and continues to be so important to me and maybe might be important to you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. That's the psalmist speaking to God, not God speaking to the psalmist. Yet I'm always with you. Even in my doubts, I'm always with you. And guess what? You are holding me. I am not having to hold on to you. You are holding me, and you're going to continue to hold me, even in my doubt. Now that is a Sunday kind of love. So what about you? Be honest with God. Go deep. Face the doubt. A great Christian evangelist, Corey Tenbaum, said after her experience of surviving a concentration camp, there is no hole so deep that God is not deeper still. Let me paraphrase. There is no doubt so deep that God is not deeper still. Talk to others. I know it's hard. Talk to others. Be ready to see Jesus appear before you in some way. 
and invites you to touch the stars. And then share what you've been shown. This is exactly Thomas's model to us. In the church tradition, it said that Thomas travels all the way to India, and there are churches in India that still say they were founded by him 2,000 years later. Now, God might not be asking you to travel all the way to India to share the gospel, but God might be inviting you to cross the street and talk to a neighbor. Maybe reach out to a relative who needs a word of hope. Or maybe just start a conversation in the checkout line. Maybe you might be their answer to prayer. Hold out for this Sunday kind of love. And share this Sunday kind of love with others. The love that will meet you in your doubt and say, peace be with you. Amen.